All right. What is up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Fighting Pit Podcast. This is episode number 26, cruising along here. And uh, we are on Twitch today, so we're doing it live again. It's fun to do these live every once and a while. So we got uh, the chat here on screen. Chat can say hi. Um, but yeah, I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Malhu and Wizard Beast. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, doing good. As always. Awesome, awesome. So, we got some fun stuff to talk about, kind of general topics for this week. Going to talk some meta stuff, we're going to talk some uh, release, when to expect, new merc stuff. Uh, we actually have a neat little Twitter post, which we're going to uh, start with here. We're also going to be taking some questions from the chat, and then, I think, kind of towards the end, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to actually play some games on stream in a... Uh, little bit different fashion uh we'll we'll explain that more as we get to that part uh so if you're listening audio only this is some uh incentive to check out the youtube version as i do not anticipate uh that is going to transfer as well to audio only but we we'll will see, have some we'll commentary see. so who knows yeah, it's possible i don't know i think it can be done <laughs> we'll, we'll find out okay. we'll find out it should be a fun time though so uh, I do want to uh, just get some housekeeping stuff out of the way at first. Uh, remember, if you enjoy this type of content, liking, following, all that jazz really helps out a ton. The algorithm and all that stuff, and we do greatly appreciate it. Also, a little announcement. Uh, there will not be an episode next week, as I'm going away on vacation. And it's probably going to be a pretty low information week anyway, so really won't miss out on too much. But did just want to give you the heads up. So next week's episode, it's going to be a break week, and then we'll be back with the following week. And by that time, we should hopefully have a new patch and new stuff to talk about. And if in case anyone has not heard, it has basically been confirmed. Uh, we're getting some buffs in the next patch, 24.0, as well as some uh, buffs in the following patch, 24.2, that weren't able to make it into the 0.01 quite in time. Uh, I do anticipate the the point is going to be the bigger of the two, and if we remember back to the twenty three point launch, that was like we that was when Trigor got his claws right or his heads, and uh, so I the, but there were also a lot of other changes in that. Some of them were more subtle and didn't have like a huge impact on PvP, but there were still a lot of changes overall. So I'm hoping we see more stuff like that in the future or in the near future, because uh, as we know. There are a lot of uh, launch mercenaries that could really do with some buffs to kind of give them a little bit more love. We were talking about before uh, we started recording, there are 98 mercenaries now. And for how many we have, it doesn't really feel like we have 98 mercenaries because even in PvE and PvP, uh, like half of those, or at least like a third, right, just do not see play, like, at all. We have a, a little tier list we're going to be referencing later on that I put together for YouTube stuff. I think it has them all except Yogg. I did it before Yogg came out, but in case anyone's wondering where Yogg falls on that, I think Yogg is like probably pretty solid A tier. Uh, he's kind of made the old gods comp viable, and I think that is a pretty cool comp and definitely has some pretty good game against a fair amount of stuff in the meta. It's definitely something that can be countered kind of like I, I view it kind of like the golden monkey comp where you're doing something insanely powerful but it's rather linear so if your opponent knows what you're doing if they have the tools to stop it they can stop it but if they don't you just run away with their game and 
nothing yep. else it's cool having triple old gods with their diamond portraits and whatnot maybe we'll get a fourth yeah. in there with uh with the next one in the next event Cthune. but really fun um so yeah uh but yeah we wanted to start off talking about this uh this twitter post from one of the devs kind of a little bit of a, a cryptic post here so i'm gonna get that up on the screen for us here i'll post it in the chat too so if people want to take a look at it themselves they can do so three hours ago yeah so uh very recent breaking news very yeah breaking so out, breaking news of a news of a news. yeah <laughs> so very timely for us but i'll read it out here so this is from celestian uh just wanted to place a marker here at this timestamp as the first time i saw some very early work on a future thing that is going to make a certain group of people very very bolden very happy <laughs> so uh obviously that really doesn't say very much but what it is saying is i think um this is hinting at something towards a very specific part of the player base and with the wording certain group um it's going to be, be a minority yeah right it's well, not going to minorities. be yep. it's not going to be for standard right like otherwise it would not be worded this way so I figured this would be kind of fun to talk about, do a little speculation on it here. Uh, but yeah, what do you what do you guys think? What what are some uh, some possibilities we could have from uh, this unknown feature? I'm thinking. I mean, kind of what I was saying earlier. It would be cool if they did show something else, maybe like another mini mode or something. Um, it would be mm -hmm. cool to see a casual mode. I think in <laughs> instead of uh, just hard rated PvP. So I think something like that would be really cool. Just like mess around with a bunch of comps and like actually try out things before going in in case you don't want to, you know, worry about your rating too much. Um, it's not as big of a deal right now because of the PvP system of how it's currently set up. But, you know, say they eventually get that fixed and you want to try out other comps, you don't want to tank your rating a bunch. So it'd be cool to maybe see like a casual mode or some other like neat little thing kind of just added in. Yeah, or like uh, like we've kind of campaigned for a little bit uh, a casual mode where you can rent a comp or you have auto-scaling or something for the mercs you have. Just something to... And I was talking about this uh, with some other creators and whatnot on Discord relatively recently. And the biggest, by far, and it's not even close, the biggest thing that stops other, at least other content creators and whatnot that I know of from playing mercenaries is... The barrier to entry that is the pve and the big reason for that is because they just don't find pve fun like if pve was fun then i think you, I, the game would be so much better and you know it is fun for some people right like some people do enjoy the pve and i've even grown more fond of it than i used to be i think there's something to be said for the the mindless kind of nature of it like just watching your dudes go and blow some stuff up but one thing I thought was really interesting, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit, and uh, I guess this can be a little bit of a, a self-plug too, at the same time, was, and you guys have probably heard this same thing before, what is the game that people compare mercenaries to? And the biggest one I've heard is a little game called Raid Shadow Legends. So, I recently got a little sponsor deal with them thing, uh, so I have that going, I'll, I'll put the little thing in the chat you want to help out with that do the click the link download the, the tutorial it takes like five or ten minutes or whatever and super supports me but the reason i wanted to bring this up is because like 
I've seen so many people like draw the comparison. So I actually played the game. I've never played the game before. And so I wanted to see, hey, like, why are people drawing comparisons to this game? Right? Like, there's got to be some reason to it. And it was kind of interesting to see. I played like about two hours of it or so. And I see the the small things where they draw comparisons. The main things are the the PvE aspect of it. All your characters have three main skills, so it's kind of like mercenaries in that respect. You kind of throw a team together, and then you go do some PvE content. And the that part was very similar to mercenaries in some way. You have like regular fights, and then you kill the regular fights, and then sometimes at the end there'll be a big boss guy. And so that I and then there the other thing that seems similar to me was they have like a hub that's kind of like the uh, the campfire, except way more cluttered and riddled with mobile garbage. But it, it's very similar in like concept and what it does. And now they do have a PvP mode and stuff. I didn't really dive too much into that. It's kind of like it, the way I saw it is it's kind of like if you are a new player and you go do some Mercs PvP like, yeah, you can do it but it's not really giving you an idea of what real PVP is like, you know, like if you're going in with level tens or something, right? Like it's just a totally different game and you're going to be facing bots. And I'm pretty sure I was facing bots too. Uh, So I can't really speak much on that if there's a lot of depth there or whatever, but I did see the, the little reasons why people kind of drew some comparisons there. There were obviously also a lot of differences, but one thing that I took away from it that I think would help mercs endlessly is raid has a little button in the bottom left where there there are three buttons or whatever but two of them are the important ones one there's an auto button so you press auto and i watch my guys just go and i mess stuff and they just destroy things like i had an archer lady and i was just calling her sylvanas and (laughs) i just pressed auto and i just watched the characters destroy these very simple easy pve fights and the other thing that was really great right next to that auto button was a times two speed button so it makes it even faster because you're not thinking about this you're just kind of watching it i would love if they added something like that into mercenaries it was like that that was something where imagine if like a lot of the times when we're doing normal grinding or something we're on autopilot. We're not paying attention to these fights. We're not saying, oh, what's the exact best move here? Because you don't really need to do that if you have a good comp. Um, and a lot of the, especially normal fights, you don't have to plan out like that. Like, they're, you can beat them with a lot of things, even suboptimal comps. So I think it'd be great if we could get some kind of auto button, even if we didn't get, like, a, uh, a speed up. Just, like, some kind of auto button to where... Because th- if we think about it, right... The AI already exists in place for this because it's there for PvE. Like, they have a whole AI system for, hey, target the thing you're weak to or whatever. Is it going to always make the best play? No, of course not. That's why the player can choose. But this would be, like, I think a huge step in the right direction for making the game a bit more accessible because PvE can be done in a time when, like, you can't do regular Hearthstone, right? Like, I've seen a bunch of people talk about that, how they'll do mercenaries PvE while they're at work or something, because they can just put it down, and you don't have to worry about your turn running out, you don't have to, you're not playing versus another player, so you can just, you're on your own time, you can put it down, you can pick it back up whenever, 
And so if you could just have it like going on auto in like a little window while you're doing something else, while you're working, while you're watching some TV or a stream or something, I think that'd be a huge boon to uh, to kind of increase the amount of people who can get into the mode. And then from there, then they can kind of like, you can take on heroics where maybe the auto is not going to do as good of a job for you, or just it helps them advance their collection so they can try out PvP more. So I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on like the idea of uh, an auto mode, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think auto would be great, especially for the, you know, earlier stuff. Um, I wouldn't want it so advanced where it, I, I wouldn't even need to try anymore. Like mm -hmm. I would just always use auto where it like always picks the best move. I would just want it to be like, okay, if I'm running one one, it knows I'm gonna win no matter what it does so it's just going to go through that real quick so basically like the lower level things i think that would be perfect to have it um but say like any of the more recent ones like it would still work of course but just wouldn't basically be the best solution to like winning and getting to the end goal but say like you know you're doing one one instead of having to click a button and like constantly you know like look down just oh i'm gonna hit this hit this and turn and then look up and do something for like 10 seconds 15 seconds to look down again imagine only doing that like every like four minutes or so you know mm -hmm. you're just like oh it went all the way to the end okay grab my rewards hit it again and go and then it just keeps going through so i think something like that you know would be nice at least just for that and especially then i don't even think the grind necessary would matter that much on one one anymore if you just have to you know hit that every once in a while to basically do like a couple more buttons basically an hour instead of having to do like say i don't know how many clicks that you have to do on your computer or phone probably every runs i would guess like maybe 20 clicks or something yeah so i mean that's... i did uh yesterday i did a farming stream because yogg is my last character to get full max and mm -hmm. stream for about two hours i needed to get yogg's last item from no levels to four levels and in the two hours i put in i think i got it from level zero or level one to level three and so we did some timing stuff we actually found out this is a little tip for uh for anyone who's doing some solo one one farming it is faster to throw down your mercenary than click the button if you only have one character i think if you have two or three it might be faster to click the button and just have them go into the deck and whatnot but even with that little animation yog does it was faster by like i think pressing the button was like seven point three seconds and not and throwing it down is like a whole second shorter which isn't a lot but if you're doing 30 runs or something that's 30 seconds and that's what like 10 percent of a one one run it adds up you're going to be doing a lot of these runs so if anyone wants to to optimize their one one farming there's a, a little bit of a, a tidbit for you um is yeah. it one second faster on every on the whole run or is it one second faster per fight one second faster per fight or a fight. Oh, okay. So basically, yeah, three seconds every fight. Though. Yeah, three seconds every run. So every 10 runs, it's 30 seconds, which is 10% of a normal 1-1 one, one run. Even Yogg on his own was a little bit over three minutes or so uh, to get through, which is pretty good. It's like pretty optimal timing. Some characters, it's obviously going to be harder. Like, God help you if you're trying to get through with Cho. Cho is a little bit slower, and he's a little bit more frail. You have to kind of rely on his summons, and it takes a little bit longer, but... I think it's definitely doable, but I really only recommend doing 1-1 one, one at this point if you don't need coins from one of the normal bounties. If you, if 
there's any normal bounty, especially the more recent ones in like Sunken City, uh, you need two out of three of those coins. Just do that. It's going to be better for you most of the time. That's what I did. It makes it's more enjoyable too. I personally think. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I recommend for that. But I was down to my last mercenary, or there are a few mercenaries like Yorel and Tyrael that just don't really have good places to farm very well. They're on like one bounty each, and Tyrael's like the cow, and there's another legendary there too. So it's like even if you did heroic for him, you have a chance of getting Uther coins. And uh, even oh, though yeah. he was buffed, uh, Uther's still not the greatest. He has a, a place now in that monkey comp, and I'm kind of hoping we get more buffs for Uther uh, in the the next I patch. I think so too. Like the lamest of Uther's abilities when they buffed this last one. Like mm -hmm. I honestly, yeah, it seems like they wanted to do another one, but like weren't sure if it was too far or something, and they mm -hmm. still just buffed like. The ability that truly just doesn't matter at all. But I think you could make Uther sick. Like, you could just change, given the Grom treatment on the Hammer mm -hmm. of Justice, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden it's playable. Also, by the way, how I was playing Diablo Resurrected with my brother a couple days ago, how annoying, like, how insane is it that they didn't, unless we just haven't discovered the, like, super secret tech, how was the secret cow level not something bigger than what it was for this game? Like it, it yeah. is like the most defining, <laughs> like try hard grinder spot with like good value. It's way more dense than anything else in the game. And it's like an established part of Blizzard lore. And they did like the most tame thing possible, even to the point of like not even calling it like the it has a weird name. It's like not even named the same thing. It's, it's called secret like the cow or something. secret cow or something yeah. like that. Like, that I, I was just like re-triggered by that playing regular <laughs> Diablo and like playing grinding through the cow level with my brother and just being like, I it's such a bump. Like that's one of the weirdest like recent bummers of like really. I, I've loved mm -hmm. so many of their other design decisions for these last six months, basically. Um, but God, that feels like a a, a ball drop for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was cool that they at least added it in. Like, I was not expecting yeah. that at all. So it was, like, cool to see that in the game, yeah. and especially, you know, another Diablo thing in the Hearthstone universe. But, yeah, I thought it was going to be... I mean, oh. if you watched... Whoever watched my stream that day when it first... Uh, all Everything dropped. Mm -hmm. um, all of those, like, other weird achievements of, like, summon the 100 Murlocs and use the, like... I forget what ability, but it was the one treasure where it was, like, the one speed treasure, and it would do, like, a random... Yeah, like, oh, ability. yeah, do something fun. Yeah, and also there was the portal thing too, where you had to like kill the portal without killing the other mm -hmm. guy, so you had to kill it first. So I did all of those achievements thinking because the secret cow level was locked. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, yeah, prideful wish. That's what it was. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that because in Diablo they have that also secret portal that leads to the cow level, and also the secret portal that leads to like the fairy uh stuff land thing in diablo 3 yeah. so i thought you know what those achievements might be attached to the secret cow level so i did all of those completed all thinking i'm gonna unlock it and then nope nothing happened and they just like unlocked it a couple days later yeah it was and like was a day later it was time gated that i agree that's yeah. like Bizarre. If it's a secret cow level, you should have to do something kind of cool or kind of secret to unlock the secret mm -hmm. cow level. Like, and a lot of people thought that's what it was because it was locked yeah. for a day. So, like, oh, we have to do some like super. And that think how fun that would have wow, been. Yeah, like I, yeah. give something for the PVE people to do like this fun 
unlock puzzle like i mean we know the technology is there for like those crazy puzzles they do for some of those card backs just like throw some weird stuff in there like oh you have to go to this one specific mercs bounty and then you have to beat this boss with a specific ability or or something like that and then it all it like slowly unlocks it or something and then it's getting this really well set up to do mm -hmm. something like that like it was and and we just didn't we could get that but like i think they were i think part of the reason for that was they wanted it to be accessible because they wanted people who were new to just be able to do it like people because it launched with diablo uh immortal and so they're trying to get people who tried Diablo Immortal to like hop right. in and try this. But there's a simple solution to that. Make the normal version of the cow level easily accessible yeah. and then make yep. the heroic one either you have to do something special to unlock it or it's incredibly hard, but you get some really fat rewards or something like I wish I had a reason to go and farm the cow level. And I even tried doing yeah. it a little bit when uh, I was going for material coins and it just wasn't worth it the the heroic one's actually fairly hard if you don't have the right comp like uh, the cows kill you pretty quick because they keep spamming lightning bolt whenever he gets hit so it like it gets out of control pretty quickly also there is a cow king reference at least in that like in the lightning Mm -hmm. oh Uh, really it's cute yeah the the, like the cow king is always like lightning enchanted like there's all he always has that affix regardless of like the difficulty that you go in but then the other cows can sometimes have different things but he's always lightning yeah and it's so weird they picked uther because like i get they're going for a holy thing but you could have put in literally any other holy character <laughs> that wasn't a legendary because then that would have at least given me some reason to farm it for the tyrael coins but like mike just said there in chat uh you have basically even odds of it going tyrael or going uther yeah, and let me tell you one of those <laughs> feels a lot worse than the other when you just want to try out this new cool character so that that was really yeah, that's another great yeah, suggestion. Yurel would have been amazing. It would have been great to have Yurel because then we would have had two out of three new characters, and then it would have made the bounty much more worth doing. I really don't understand why they didn't go with uh, why they didn't go with Yurel for that one. I think that was a pretty big missed opportunity because Yurel, much like uh, Tyrael, is just really hard to get coins for her outside of one specific bounty, and. I've been messing around with the uh, the holy comp a little bit, trying some stuff out with it. It's actually not as bad as I thought. Like mm-hmm. maybe because I was leaning a little bit on like the the big support with like Elise and Tyrion and whatnot. But it actually felt pretty good. the The anti shadow or the shadow resist equipment on Yarel is actually pretty bonkers at shutting down the shadow stuff. Like I've beat shadow quite a few times with it. Um, it's felt really good, but. One other change, and this is uh, something I actually wrote about on Twitter a bit, and actually got a response from uh, from Charles, one of the developers. And I was talking about how, you guys will probably remember a little while ago, we got Tyrion, they made his uh, his attack a holy spell school. Um, and like there are a few others, like uh, Yasharaj has shadow, even though it's an attack. So I wrote about how, hey, it would be really nice if characters like uh, Cornelius and, uh, what's her name? Cariel. Um, yeah, Cariel. Cornelius and Cariel could get holy spell schools on their stuff because there have been times, especially with like Cornelius, where it's like, I would like to be able to attack with him and have it trigger a holy combo. It's kind of fringe, but... 
Cornelius is a great example. He's 8-speed, and Yurel's big AoE fancy thing is also 8-speed, but she hits your own stuff if one of your things didn't do a holy move. So if you make a big Cornelius and you want to swing with him, you can't, like, combo it with your other ability, and it really wouldn't, like, break anything balance-wise. It would just, like, make the holy tribe a little bit more supported, and there's good precedent for it there. So we did see a little bit of a response about that, saying, yeah, that seems pretty reasonable and something they could probably do in the future, which is good. I think that's, mm. I think it's good to, because some of these tribes just, very few tribes have that critical mass of support like Frost and Shadow do right now. Um, I really can't While even. All being good. <laughs> yeah, like I can't think of one off the top of my head that is like anywhere in the same ballpark. Like most of the other ones just Dragons. have good yeah okay yeah that's true that's true dragons do but they they don't really synergize with each other super duper well though there are there are a few like the farian's extra attack yeah they're more equipment based for sure uh whereas their regular abilities don't interact or synergize with each other super well but the equipments do but those are like the main three tribes and a lot of the other tribes they have stuff like i was looking over the murlocs and the demons and it's like they have stuff but the characters are so low impact on their own, the synergies aren't enough to make them playable. Like, you need either the characters to be stronger on their own, or have the synergies be so strong that it justifies playing what is normally a weaker character. So that that's something I would really like to see, and that's something I hope we see in buffs in the near future, Justice for Murlocs, Justice for Demons, I think two of the most forgotten and most memed about tribes that people would really like to play. There's some really cool and iconic characters like, I would love to make people explode with some Fists of Jaraxxus. Like, yeah, that would be yeah. great. <laughs> but it's that just too cool. not in the cards right now because not only are they weak individually, their synergy doesn't make them really any better, which is sad. Yeah. And... If we see more support in the future, I, I think you'd have to print something so insanely powerful to make these characters like playable. And I don't think that's like the best way to do it. Like it, it would just have to be so crazy over the top. I'd rather than print good support and then just buff the bad ones than create something that's so insane that it just naturally propels the other ones just for existing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, then you get into too much of like protect the king kind of. Yeah, exactly. Blades mm -hmm. In some cases, too, where like, okay, there's only one dude that I have to actually focus down because this is the this is the holy merc that was printed in 2022. So that's the one I get to focus on and where you can just leave all the others uh, alone. But I mean, that's the power creep thing that we've been talking about for a while where it's like all, all yeah. the old mercs are just like. Even, even if you make it like we're just going to make everybody nuts, like then what happens? And maybe maybe it'll be fine. Maybe we just have enough Pokemon at a certain point where like everyone being cracked is fine. Um, but we I think you're totally right that we'll probably see another wave of buffs that just like increase the damage numbers, I think, is realistically the only saving grace have... for some of the things like Holy and Murlocs, where it's like if you just yeah. add three to five damage on like a lot of their abilities. Maybe now there's enough of an incentive to play them, but they're all still so slow and you can't make the abilities mm. faster, really. So it's you could. A lot of them are so slow. Yeah. And like one of the things I really like the idea of, and we saw them toy with it a little bit with some of these new mercs, not a whole ton, but a little bit, is 
if you want so like demons are slow right like traditionally the demons are very much slower than a lot of the other characters but the problem in mercenaries with being slow is there's no real payoff for that you mm-hmm. like in theory you have to make the ability really really powerful to pay off for being slow and these abilities probably would still be bad if they were fast so it's like right there it's like a swing and a miss but the uh, the big thing that they could change is instead of just speeding them up which yeah you can do that but i think you'd also have to buff the damage on go. top of that instead mm-hmm. give us a reason to care about being slow like mm-hmm. trick room like like something like that where it's like you can have a good reason for being slow or a good payoff for being slow. And I think a great example of that is kind of Yulon's first ability, where it's 10 speed. You're always going last with that. But there's a benefit to going last, because since you're going last, if you use it on someone who attacks, you're doubling your damage. That's an interesting design that kind of incentivizes you it's well they could do stuff or kill your mercenary before but if your merc lives mm. you're going to deal crazy damage you're going to snipe uh, a green that attacked for 80 damage and that's basically just one hitting a lot of the characters um so i, yeah, I think we kinda, need to see more stuff like that yeah it's kind of same like a shara 10 speed because you know mm-hmm. she gets plus uh damage for all the different spell schools so yeah that's kind of like another take on it and yeah, I think it would be cool to see more things like if it is going to be that slow, then it needs to have a bigger impact, I think. Definitely. You know, instead of just having like Gul'dan literally 10 speed, 20 damage. It's like, hey, I'm going to hit a little bit harder versus say like just cookie, two speed, deal 10, you know? Mm-hmm. So instead of just that damage, like you said, it's, oh, it's already maybe 20 and then it adds on something else. So just like something that's maybe like a bonus basically for going last instead of just pure just this is the flat amount of damage it would always be cool to have like another trigger or something else that does benefit off of that so i don't know maybe like in a way it could be like setting up for the next turn say like oh it's a 10 speed thing deal damage but then if it went last out of all characters then slow all enemy characters by like three or something i don't know just something like that so then like sets up for the next turn if hey i'm running a slow team well i know i can survive my first turn but then i can set up for the second turn something you know that can kind of like benefit each other and like make it so you don't go into turn two and it's like oh i went slow turn one all my guys are almost dead oh turn two well they'll die before they even acted yeah something like that and that's a great example in chat. The Sylvanas ability with Re- Reclaim Souls is kind of something like that. Like, you're doing nothing for a turn, but mm-hmm. you're having a very big impact, and that impact gets even, like, doubled because of her death rattle, which is, like, insane. Um, now that we have a bunch of support with, like, these characters that can make summons, so you have a lot more stuff dying, so it actually gets bigger. So we have some examples, like, Ashara is also another great example with her skill 3, where it actively goes from being fast to slowing down more if other things go before it, but then you get more damage because of it. Like those are the kind of designs I want to see for giving mercenaries a reason to be slower because it's just, there's such a huge advantage for going fast and going fast naturally puts you in a position where you can kill your opponent's merc before they get to act. And then that's just, the most punishing thing you can do in the game essentially so it's it's i i want to see more stuff like that um i think one character that was kind of like an attempt at this is one who hasn't seen a ton of play but i think is cool design uh, i think it's a thissa uh, 
the, the one who does some freezy stuff, but she can slow all the shadow stuff down. And that's some cool synergy with Ashara, right? Because even though Ashara only has that one skill with the AoE and the caring about slowing down, uh, it's shadow. So you can slow her down naturally, and then she'll get even slower from other skills going off before her. And then it gets even crazier and stuff. I just want to see more things like that. So it's not just about who Zajara, not Athissa. That, that's correct. Um, I, I think the equipment, I mean, as Blackwater said, their second point too is I. I think what we're kind of bouncing around to is the fact that like there's actually a ton of lines of text that we are wanting to add to some of these abilities to make them playable. Like so many, like the uh, the Yulon thing, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not a line of text. Imagine if it got printed where it was just like Gul'dan style, ten mana deal twenty or ten speed deal twenty. Yeah. Um, you're never gonna add the like, oh well, if they attack, then it's gonna do extra. Like that's gonna be part of the design of the Merc itself. Yeah. Um, so those lines of text I think are a little bit too complicated to add, but What's a problem that a lot of the old school original mercs have that we keep referencing with some of these new characters that actually give you a delayed payoff, which is equipment. So many of the early mercs have terrible equipment. And it's really easy to go back, I think, and bring those into 2022. Like imagine just like literally looking at, um, who was I just looking at? Prophet Velen even? No, the... But there's, oh, it was, no, it was, uh, it was Cornelius. Mm -hmm. Like, Cornelius's equipment are literally, this ability heals four more. This ability heals eight more. You take three less. Like, just absolute, like, one-liners per equipment. And there's basically one that's a way better, for the most part. And a lot of the early mercs have these, like, kind of janky, old-school equipment that... I feel like you could very easily just delete one or two of them and put in a really strong 2022 equipment that does something like when if this Merc hasn't acted yet, each time your opponent casts an ability, randomly apply a Divine Shield to somebody on your team. Like something like that, right? Where it is now you get to punish people for being slow. And again, it's part of the equipment. So you could even make the argument that it's one spec or another. So it's not every time. It's not for every meta. But I think attacking through the angle of equipment on the old mercs might be one of the best ways to not have to break rules with flavor or break kind of power level requirements of suddenly your taunt is zero speed or suddenly somebody like Anduin is acting three speed faster. We we don't have to print uh, all holy spells or four speed faster mm -hmm. all the time type of effect. Mm -hmm. And I think going through the equipment might be uh, that might be the move. Yeah, and then the cool thing about equipment, too, is how you're saying is you can change it throughout the meta. So then if you have different things, it's like, oh, if all of the equipments are, like, equal level, but different comps, you know, are you're against them, you can kind of switch them in and out for whatever you need. So I think it is cool to have that. And, you know, seeing characters that do have multiple equipments that you can kind of swap around, it, it's always cool to, you know, try different ones. Like with Belinda, mm -hmm. I like sometimes using her, like, you know, mm -hmm. Frost, you might always use Frost Elemental, but whenever I'm playing my Fire Comp, it is really nice to have that Fire Elemental because then you have yeah. the Fire Weakness. And when you have a full Fire Comp, that plus three, basically, from the other Elemental, or even if you hit it sometimes twice, plus six, then really stacks up. So it's cool to see, you know, how there's different, basically, equipments for everything. Because it feels like a lot of characters, you know, there's just one that is just A tier mm -hmm. equipment, you're always going to take that. Like they even said uh, with the Deathwing one a while ago, they wish, I forget, it's like the claw equipment or whatever, where he does his AoE fire damage. It would, like, that. they wish that was just attached to the ability now. 
and actually have a different equipment. So then the equipments would equal out. But that's just mm-hmm. so much stronger that you basically yeah. don't really have a choice on taking equipment. Because mm-hmm. if you take any of the other ones, it's just not going to have the same effect. Yeah, it's just much less impactful. And I think, like Mal, who said, a lot of the launch mercs suffer from this way more than others. It does still mm-hmm. come up with new mercs sometimes, but I think generally they've gotten better at making at least like two viable equipments. Where and the thing that I really like about equipments is kind of the idea, kind of like in Pokemon, where your item can really support a whole different build. So let's say I think Reno is a great example of this because I've seen. Uh, unfortunately, they did bug fix Reno, so he doesn't count himself as an explorer for coming in with the battle cry. Because uh, I actually really did like using that in a, a fringe build or two. Um, maybe it'll get better over time as we get like Finley and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so normally you're using his first equipment for the death rattle, or which I think it's his third actually for the death rattle, uh, because you want your Reno to die. You're using him as like a taunt wall, he absorbs the damage, he dies, he has a good effect. Uh, but recently I've been seeing him in the uh, the Arcane Bench, and they're actually running the equipment that makes his uh, skill 2 do 10 more damage, so from 7 to 17. It has, I think, 2 more cooldown, but it's an AoE. So it's Arcane, too. So if you get that out with Long Jin, it's 2 speed, just blow things up with Arcane, and it's actually pretty cool. And so that's kind of a neat use, fringe use for that equipment, where Reno makes more sense on the bench in that comp than he does as a lead, because he doesn't really support your strategy in that comp being a lead. But for, like, the the big builds, he makes way more sense as a lead. So I think he's kind of a great example of the bar to aim for of each of these equipments kind of supports a different build rather than there just being one generically good equipment. I think Ashara's kind of like that, where... Uh, her healing one off of shadow is so good you're really hard pressed to use one of the other ones and i remember back when we did our kind of first look at the new characters we were like oh all these equipments are so good and they kind of are like the the idea of making a big ashara by having full nagas is cool and the other one does see a little bit of fringe play in like a naga build where when she dies she steals six hp and resurrects because we have we had a little bit of history there with like karen seeing that was good for him so they're cool abilities it's just uh the other one is so so strong and has so much good synergy that it it's hard you're really hard pressed to pick something else over it and that's with a character with two other abilities that look good on paper uh not like cornelius where it's like it's a tiny yeah. bit more healing or just something as huge as damage reduction. Damage reduction's crazy. Like it spread it around. Like like mm-hmm. she like there are two equipment that if you two equipment that are better than every equipment for some of the original mercs, and they're not even seeing play. Like if you just put either of her other equipment on any of the other starting mercs and change like a line of text to update it to their tribe. It would probably be an auto-include equipment, and the character would be seeing tons of play, both the reincarnation and the just, like, check for a trap. Like, imagine if a Murloc, imagine if Mutinous had the get stats for every living Murloc, and it, mm-hmm. it dwindled. Like, that's That'd such a Murloc-y type of equipment, and all of a sudden, like, that alone would give you an enough of an incentive to try to do a lot of Murloc stuff. But like, so I, I just want to see a, an evening out, I think, of the power level of the equipment, which is the great way to bring up some of the old mercs, I think, is definitely something that we're gonna now i'm gonna start crossing my fingers for for this wave of buffs like yep. they really 
didn't touch much of the equipment. It was a lot of abilities. So mm -hmm. imagine if this wave True. is now like an equipment retweaking. It totally could be. Yeah, I like that. I like those ideas. Yeah, they yeah, because they have changed a little bit of equipment, I think, before. Like, uh, we got the Tronde one. I think that would basically make it repeat, right? Uh, it's not oh, wait, no, that was just natural. That's just right? skill. Yeah. 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 I, I think there was a couple of equipments that did get swapped, though. I think it was, like, two ago with the Varden changes. I remember right. Yeah, they did change Varden's equipment, uh, but that was actually funnily... That was a buff to an equipment to kind of make mm -hmm. up for the, the nerf, so to speak, which is interesting. So it shows they're willing to do that but will they do that uh we will we'll have to kind of wait and see um do you want to talk like just very briefly about like uh meta stuff and i guess before that just a little bit about when people can expect new content and stuff um basically to to give like just a little brief overview of when we can expect some new content for mercenaries uh, we talked about balance changes probably mostly buffs I mean, nerfs are technically possible, but I would not hold your breath on that one um, until yeah. we get, like, the extra coins exchanged and stuff. Maybe we see a little bit more then, but not expecting a whole lot before then. I think they're, they'd rather do buffs than nerfs, uh, but expect some buffs. That's probably going to be in the .0 patch, and looking at kind of the history of patches, the expansion launches on August 2nd, so a week before that, July 26th will probably be when we get the patch, so you can expect some updates there. Hopefully nothing of Trigor level, <laughs> but uh, we'll have to wait and see. So that's probably the, the most immediate uh, new thing coming to Mercs that'll right. change stuff. Also on top of that, worth mentioning, uh, Bran I think is going to be fixed in that update. I think Bran's actually going to be very, very strong. So uh, And that also could reinvigorate some stuff with Explorers because... Uh, I did get some information that they are changing the Explorer stuff a bit, so now it's going to be keyworded. Like, Explorers are going to be like a keyword, kind of. Um, I don't I know... Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know this for certain, but I I do think if they're going that direction, it wouldn't surprise me if they changed some of the wording on Reno and Elise to say instead of your... Is instead of specifying those two characters, if it says your explorers or something like that, because that leaves them room for Finley, who we thought was going to be an event merc. Now I'm a little bit more convinced he's going to just be one of the new mercs in the next big drop we get. But I do think he's coming eventually, and I think that is kind of future-proofing, so it makes the explorers a little bit more viable and a little bit less uh, where you have to have these two specific explorers rather than just like two out of the four right so that's that's kind of a good thing um i don't know if that's coming in the point zero or not but that is something that is coming they are going to be rewording some stuff with that so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out um but yeah so july 26 when we can probably expect that and then we will be getting a new uh, mercenary on the and also worth knowing that's not a tribe they're not making the they're not making on the bottom line. Yeah, their, it's you know what it's like. It's like alliance and horde, uh, where those oh, are things okay, okay. on the character, and they, I, it will have a little uh, tooltip or something, I believe, to let you know what an explorer is. But it's not going to change. Elise is still going to be a night elf. Finley, when he happens, is still going to be a murloc. Reno's still a human, and so on. Um, Bran is still a dwarf. Dwarf support when copium. Um, but. <laughs> 
the in terms yeah. of next merc uh probably gonna be the uh the release of the expansion yeah. we're gonna get a free merc on the rewards track my bets on murloc homes i think that'd be a fun one and it would line up with uh, what Charles said a long time ago that we're going to be getting a red Murloc. I could definitely see Murloc Holmes being the red Murloc. And if it sticks to tradition of uh, Finley's constructed card being, or not Finley, uh, Cookie's constructed card being awful and then him being an all-star in Mercenaries, maybe we'll get a, a good Murloc there because uh, Murloc Holmes, though it looks really fun, does not look like a good card from what I've seen. So... Uh, that is when we can expect like the next like actual character coming to the game so august 2nd most likely and then later on in the month we will get the point two patch most likely uh usually within less than a month time of uh of the expansion releasing that should give us some more balance updates as well as another new merc in an event probably going to be Cthune to round out the 100th mercenary so those are like the the short term and then a little bit longer term for the 0.4 patch, it's probably going to be more like late September, early October. Is it depends if they go if they try and keep it fast, like they did for getting out the last 0.4 patch. It could be late September, but they did even talk about how they kind of tried to speed that one along a little bit faster. So it wouldn't surprise me if this one is a little bit more on normal timetables, which would mean more mm -hmm. like early or mid-October, I think, at the latest. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking, too. Probably, like, early October, I'm thinking. And that's um, the big drop. Also, yeah, the, the, year, yeah for the, the, year, the year anniversary, too, basically. True. Right, so. mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that would be cool. Hopefully, you know, might be, like, a big drop showing that, maybe, like, a couple other features. Maybe they do the coins, the then, for the anniversary, right? Because yeah, we know probably. that's coming yeah. this year, and so it's not going to be tied in with the PvE endgame, even though that will have a thing for excess coins. Uh, it, the thing they specifically mentioned, it sounds like that could be something they do for the one-year anniversary to also kind of bring people back with the new drop and stuff like that. Which, that would be really cool to have that, then, so... And especially Definitely. in time for the new drop, then, it would help to max all those new mercs so that would be a lot better for that also real quick i did look back at the point zero patch the last one mm -hmm. just to see like the changes there was actually 22 equipment changes wow on that point uh, zero path. patch what yeah the heck? so just that one it was actually more equipment changes than ability changes wow so i didn't even that... realize yeah because i was like i knew it was one of them i couldn't remember if it was the point two or the point zero so yeah the point zero actually looks like it's mainly it had a lot of rework abilities and a lot of equipment changes. That was the main thing, not just like tune-ups on numbers and stuff. The point two patch was mainly tune-ups. Mm -hmm. So that was damage increase, stats increase, and all that. But the point zero was basically equipment uh, rework for tune-ups on that, and then a complete rework on abilities. So that was the main thing. So if they kind of stay in track with that, that actually means then on this point zero, we should get a lot of equipment changes then if they stay like that and maybe more rework abilities because they had two rework abilities in point zero and then they had one in the point two for uh, blink fox well that's good to know uh hopefully we'll see more stuff like that in this this next balance patch looking very much forward to it um for, i guess just one more little brief thing before we do our, our special uh thing we have planned for this uh just like a brief commentary on uh how like in the meta and stuff uh, i've still been having a lot of fun with the the game 
I did a uh, a meta. Finally, brought back the the Meta Monday series. A lot of people were pretty happy with that, and I went for a little bit of a different approach this time. Actually, looked at win rates in the first half of it, going through the HS replay stuff, and then the second half, I put it all into the the pie chart to take a look at like meta representation. One thing I thought was pretty funny is that uh, Frost was actually tied for the most represented comp. And its win rate was really not good because it was the not good version of Frost or not the best version of Frost. It's the old version with Sinestra and Karen Diablo. And the reason for that is uh, this is something okay. I did also cover in a, in a video this past week was uh, bots, uh, people using bots in PvP. And uh, basically with that, the Frost bot is the most common bot. When people <laughs> are using a bot, they use Frost. And even though the win rate is very subpar due to the unfortunate ladder system that needs to be changed still, it, it just is effective enough to get them all the way to the top because it plays more than a human can possibly play. So that was kind of weird to see, like, the, the fact that bots made a significant enough of an impact to actually, like, influence the what the data is saying, like, the most played comp is. Because I can tell you it's not the best comp by a, a large margin if you're running into especially that version of frost you can farm them incredibly easily uh but they just keep uh they just keep uh going <laughs> so yeah. it, it they un unfortunately we have to wait until there's the they did do i think a band wave long ago uh so that's kind of why that's i did the video was uh was to bring some attention to the issue and hopefully they can do something like that again because it sucks when uh, when bots are at the, the top of the leaderboard. That's just not something you want in your game. And it's a very relatively simple thing to fix, but unfortunately it's, uh, it's not the mercenaries department that is handling that. That's more the MMR department and the matchmaking stuff, and they're their own team of people, and I don't really know what's going on there. So uh, we will uh, have to, to wait and see and cross our fingers that that gets dealt with eventually, because it's been a long time. Um, mm -hmm. but in terms of general metagame stuff I think the, the meta is still in an interesting place uh, there hasn't been one comp that has really ri rose to the top dominating everything else I think there are four core pillars of the game right now and it's you have the big comps with like big humans and big pirates and there's some other variants like I tried the, the holy as well and that was okay uh, but mainly like big humans big pirates as like the, the big comps uh, that seek to kind of get the big bench and then close it out with that and then we have the shadow comps mostly the most popular version is the yasharaj build of shadow but now we're also seeing some alternate ones like we're seeing some old god stuff we're seeing some summon stuff with a little bit of shadow in there and then there are the trigor valira comps so usually they have both um sometimes you'll see just one but i think a lot of the times it's like both most popular, the Trigor, Valera, Nefarian one with like the Arcane Bench. That's probably the most popular build. But there have been other ones popping out, like the uh, the Maestro build with Grom and stuff. Uh, but that's kind of like another kind of pillar of the uh, the game here. And then there's one more. I always forget w which. There's always one I forget. It's like it's big. It's shadow. It's Dragons? I don't think dragons are prominent enough to say they're like one of the top tier comps because they really only have like one deck right now, um, which is fine. Like it's just, it's a very playable deck and the stats on it are all right. But I don't think I'd call them like a core pillar of the meta. 
Um, oh, I'm forgetting it. I might, I might even have to go like look at the 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 HS replay stats as a little reminder, really quick, because they're they're just if at least this is how it's felt to me looking at the stats and playing the game. Um, Does anybody for- put Trigor? Like, do people Frost. do Trigor? Or How could oh, I forget oh, Frost? Well, we said that at the top. We said, I think, you said that. We covered Frost. Oh, well, yeah. I was yeah, say, yeah. Frost hybrid stuff. Does anybody try to do Belinda, Valera, Trigor? Yes, it's bad. It's quite bad. Really? Man, bummer. It's, okay, okay. yeah. The There used to be stats on that, and that was the only, that was the only version of, like, Belinda, Valera that was under 50% win rate that I saw. Hmm. Like, it's just not, uh, it just doesn't work out. It gets way too easily countered by Shadow. Um, and I guess other stuff, because, like, really? huh. you would think no, it would be good. There's a lot of, like, degenerate things on turn one. Yeah. Like, it does. Oh, you Sarge could kill it before is the thing, because you have to get both. Oh, no, you don't have to get both three speeds. It's still a flip. But it would, but, yeah, it would be yeah, a flip of 50-50 with two flip. threes. It must have other bad matchups, though, because it was not performing well when it showed up. Like, most of the comps, when they're showing up in these top rates, it's 50% win rate is, like, very low for it. Um, But that one had, like, that one had, like, in the 40s, like, Mm, mid to low 40s. So it just, and I've played against it a bunch, and it can be annoying and stuff, but it's not... It's not as powerful as like you would think it would be given like the powerful things those characters do and do together. Yeah. Like it's it's just kind of strange. It kind of surprised me too, but um, it, it didn't seem to be the way to go. I think Belinda's been a lot more powerful off of the bench with the frost comps and whatnot. She's kind of the one you keep in the back, which is funny because we used to see Belinda in the front all the time. Um, but now I yeah. there really isn't a comp. And I think that speaks to the fact that it's just really hard to uh, to do greens. All right, actually, it is yeah. on. There is a version on HS Replay right now. It's a little bit better than it used to be, but Belinda Trigor Valera with the Frost Bench just under fifty percent win rate, um, forty nine point eight. So like it's like our Jaina, whatever. Yeah, local our Jaina Varden Bench. Yeah, you could probably. I mean, there's nothing that says that deck has to be a frost deck. Like, I would just yeet that bench and make it a good bench, and then see if that deck gets better. So, if anyone's interested in trying a deck, yeah, it could out. be worth experimenting with for sure. Like, yeah. maybe the best version hasn't been found yet, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I wonder okay. if the uh, maybe the Bane Toronto might be better for a background. Yeah, yeah, Bane Toronto, and I mean, you could literally do three of whatever you want. Essentially, mm-hmm. like it could be, it could be Sinestra. I guess that they're green. What color are we missing? Like blue. Uh yeah, blue. Cause yeah, that would only oh, be one we have blue. No like blues. Rod- Rogers is always just a good blue to stick in if yeah. they go fast. Yeah, Rogers actually be pretty juicy, or big hitter. And actually, yeah, I guess could have be... the stats anymore. Yeah, yeah, you could do something like that. That's definitely possible. Well, yeah, it could be a good speed up though too for Bane if you wanted to get just uh true. If you didn't need the combo, because I guess that'd be two, so you wouldn't get the double on it. But yeah, still could get a big just ten speed deal. Well, two speed then deal twenty five to everything if they're like all low or something. I think the like the biggest or the best version of Frost has definitely been the uh, the one with like the Bane combo on the bench with Tyronda Bane, and then you just have the four core Frost. You lead with just two blues and Localar, and then Belinda off the bench has been pretty good there. Uh, I think that is like kind of the best version of Frost right now going around. Uh, maybe there's some other version that hasn't been discovered yet, but I think. From what I've played and played against, uh, 
uh, that seems to be pretty good. Um, but yeah, any any last thoughts on the uh, the meta stuff before we transition to our kind of uh, fun thing for today to wrap things up? Yeah, I think that's it. All right, cool. So, what are we doing for today? We're doing something different, chat. It's going to be... I figured we'd, we'd try something a little bit different doing it live, so I'll post a link to this in the uh, the chat here, and it'll also be in the description for anyone viewing this uh, not live, but I did a tier list a little while ago. It's only missing Yogg, but Yogg is higher tier, so it's not going to be relevant for what we're doing today anyway. But given we were talking about lower-tiered mercenaries and all that kind of stuff, I thought what would be kind of fun is if we did a little uh, drafting here, and then played uh, best two out of three with teams only using mercenaries from D tier, bottom of the barrel, lowest tier mercenaries. And let me see if I can get this up on up on screen for everybody real quick. I guess I can just drag it, save it, tier list. And we can just drag it into OBS here. That is large. And D tier is what we got populated with a lot of demons, a lot of murlocs, some beasts, holy. I mean, literally, I mean, when you look at this tier list, it is all of the tribes that were part of the launch. Like so yep. many, so yep. many of the core pieces of launch marks are down in D tier. If again, yeah. obviously, like zombies made this tier list and stuff and so there's like i mean it's a i don't think I, i'm looking at it there's nothing much really to argue with but it's pretty <laughs> it stands out pretty aggressively that like look at every new merc like what's the what's the lowest tier new merc uh i, I think single zwen rathian um there aren't yeah. many though it's like literally mm -hmm. just zwen rathian and vanessa i think are the only non-launch mercs in d tier and some of these have yeah, been true. not d tier earlier on mm -hmm. uh like for yeah, instance tavish voon was good there. at a point tavish was good at a point zyrella was good in like the beginning uther has a fringe use in the monkey comp so it's like they, there's a little bit but they're not like the uh the strong thing that their comp is trying to do. They're just like a little bit of an addition and very, very fringe. So I figured we would just uh, basically pick a team um, from these and we're going to do it like back and forth. So I think me and Wizard Beast are going to be picking some teams and then we're going to have Malahu commentate for us going through these games. Uh, so let's, uh, let's just dive right on into it. Let me get in, let me get Hearthstone open here and, uh, we can pick our teams and throw around with some uh, less than top tier mercenaries. It should be pretty fun. Oh, and also, I was thinking if you want to zombies make it a little bit more spicy. I was thinking, do you want to do uh, the winner does a sub to the other? Sure. Yeah. On Twitch. Yeah. Gift the sub. Yep. Well, At like, those high stakes. Like, gift... <laughs> yeah, it can gift it uh, someone in chat. Yeah, that's good. I like it. All right, let me get Merks open here. And in uh, true mercenaries fashion, I think the the only acceptable way to decide who gets to pick first is uh, to coin flip a coin. Flip. Yeah. <laughs> so let me get a coin flip here. Right. I think I can just show that with this. Oop. 
top. Just gotta edit it a little bit. Alright. Do you want to choose Wizard Beast? Heads or tails? As I always say, tails for Sinestra. Tails for Sinestra. Alright. <laughs> Let's do it. Boom! Oh, there you go. Sinestra's on your side. Looks like we did get t a tails flip. So, you do get to pick first. Uh, and do we want to just pick six, or do you want to do like draft where we pick eight to have to choose from? I'm down for whatever. Uh, probably uh, just I'm six, gonna... I think, just to make it a little bit easier time-wise, because I know we're a little bit limited on time. Okay. Uh, yeah, six is fine. Okay, cool. So who who um... you like in here? You know what? I'm gonna go for the good old Draxus. Draxus. Okay. Throw the statement. That's uh, that's pretty spicy. Zombies Dude. counter demons. I, yeah, right. <laughs> if I should just <laughs> pick demons myself, so you can't pick demons. Um, <laughs> ooh, so many great choices right there. Um, well, I know what I would pick here actually. I think I'm gonna go with. Anduin. Yes, that's what I was gonna I pick. Know. We love it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep going down the line. Then I'm gonna go. Uh, Manoroth. All right. Ooh, that's a spicy one. All right. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Is BFF Velen? Two pieces in a pod. That. Uh, Gul'dan. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, See, th now I'm looking back at it, and I'm like, oh, I really should have put Tyrion in D-tier. He <laughs> <laughs> right. well, starts dragging some holy characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both URL and Tyrion are teetering on C-tier. I know, right? Um, I, yeah, he could have deserved it. He's, I think he's better than most of the characters in D-tier, though. Um, well, I think I'm going to go with... I don't want to be like overly blue-heavy, so maybe we'll start mixing and matching a bit here i'm torn though between my fish friends or some beasts you know we'll go we'll actually go with neither of those right away <laughs> we're gonna go with tavish tavish hmm. good old launch tavish well i'm actually gonna take zwen then zwen okay that's a pretty good one. Forgot he's a beast. Hmm. Well, I do need I do need a red. That, and that's kind of the funny thing. The the we're kind of starved for some good reds here. Like I think they're way more greens and blues in these, which is pretty interesting. Um let me check what this character does exactly again cuz it's been a while. Um Ooh, that could be kind of interesting. I want something defensive. So I think I'm going to pick... I think I'm going to pick Garrosh. Uh, Ooh, Garrosh. Yeah, I'm going to pick Garrosh. Mm, you know what? I think I'll go with the other demon then. I'll go uh, Rathian. Okay, cool, cool. World, world's first Rathian scene, scene play. Yeah, you know it's funny. I actually have uh, or Ra oh, uh, do you mean Rathorian? <laughs> Sorry, Rathorian. Yeah, 
they are <laughs> both. I thought you were taking Rathian. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're both down there. Confused. Me too. <laughs> uh, it's because we never see them. Um, <laughs> all right. Who do I want here? You know, I think I might go with. This could be an interesting way to help round it out. I do need. I think I'm gonna go with uh, old Murkai. Yeah, old Murkai. we're gonna go old Murkai. Hmm. I think then for my last pick, you know what? Miller House has never failed me before. <laughs> nice. For my six, I dig it, and I'm going to do the one and only. Where is he? Or that's not. I want to type Murloc. I'm gonna go Mutanus. Mutanus. Okay. Okay. So my so here here's my silent commentary that would have gone through it, but I didn't want to bias anybody. As you guys were picking, I'm <laughs> I'm surprised that ne neither of you guys broke serve to like as soon as you pick demons, you can know that you can like save some of your demons for the later picks potentially and start picking the things that were going to be contested. Like there's no way if you open Draxus, right, that zombies is going to take mana off from you true and so we could have you guys could have used potentially earlier picks to diversify but Curtrace is open the anti-demon zombies oh i forgot <laughs> I was, he didn't I pick was, it oh. he snuck through and he didn't say that on turn one or two i was like oh, i know i know I, i'm okay <laughs> I, I was i was waiting for you to take it away from a wizard just in case that he wow yeah you know i thought about kurtris too but i wasn't even thinking about demons i was thinking oh kurtris has some healing and that could go with the the Oh, holy stuff <laughs> but i i forgot kurtris's anti-demon entirely to be honest oh yeah look at that plus four attack this merc always deals critical damage to demons i forgot that was equipment that even existed oh, I, thought you were about to, I thought you were about to pick him when you said oh then you know there's not too many reds that i was like well he's looking at kurtris then yeah oh that's that is uh that is true i do i think i have a little bit of uh garrosh regret <laughs> that's okay though i think garrosh is super yeah He's All cool. Right. I but... mean, Garrosh can get so tanky. Mini, mini game, mini game one complete. All right. Uh, now I just need to figure out how do we wanna we wanna lead with something like this. Uh, a great question. Um, uh, one sec. And then I have to transition our stream thing. Oh, yeah, so. I think I wanna. Let me just make sure I have the right equipments on. Oh yeah, I forgot to check equipment. Yeah, always check the equipments because you might have one on from like PVE you did like a month ago or something. Yep. Oh, yep, I did. Okay. <laughs> Change that. One. Exactly. So we want this one. We want this one. And I think we want this one. So I think we'll try it like this. This start out. And then maybe I'll I'll tweak it if uh things don't go super well. Um Alright, so let me switch to regular Hearthstone real quick. Alright, that's up. And then let me get the deck tracker up. And so I figure what I'll do for this is I will uh I'll take off my headset for the game, so I won't be able to hear what's being said. But then, if you want to commentate it, Molhu, the the chat will be able to hear what you're saying, um, yeah. so we can have some 
good commentary. Uh, where is my deck? Cool. Yeah, I'll just uh, do the def and then in the Discord. Yeah. Yeah, and then we can type in the Discord if needed. Um, let me just make sure Discord audio here. Uh, say something really quick. Beep boop, beep boop. Hmm. All right, yep, it's up. All right, cool. So we'll get into the challenge. I'll take off my headset so I can't hear the uh, stuff going on. And uh, good luck. May uh, good may luck the best <laughs> awful team win. <laughs> <laughs> One. Yeah, then after game one, I guess we can. You guys can either just run it back or like toss your headset back on. Maybe one from there. All right. Let's see if they get into it. So, what were the two decks in terms of backing it up? The over the overarching theme here that we're going to be looking at: Wizard Beast drafted demons with Tavish and Millhouse for the good old days, and zombies went for humans holy or like holy murlocs essentially um on paper right if you're looking at the tier list zombies essentially counter the double reds wizard beast opened with picture axis pick manor off zombies instantly countered essentially with anduin and velen i'm certainly giving the the benefit to anduin and velen in that 1v1 um but let's see if we can or in that 2v2 but let's see if we can spectate. You have to click spectate now. Okay, we're hopping in. You got to imagine this is going to be Anduin versus Draxus on the opener, but you, you can try to hide the Draxus. Let's see. Nope, they don't. But we're going to be watching for Wizard Beast's side. Oh, Schwen was the third one. That's Oh, wait, we, so we didn't take Tavish. Okay, Zombies took Tavish, I think it was. So see the Mutinous has got to be the Anduin. Yep, yep. No good taunts. Though I suppose the Mutinous is looking a little janky here from, from Zombies... But honestly, even if you're just throwing the mutinous out here to say, sure, we're just going to have it tank a couple hits, you'll just get blasted down. But honestly, if you're starting to scale from zombie's side, if you just get to match Anduin and Velen starting to scale against Gul'dan's not critting anybody, these early turns are certainly going to go zombies favored. Ooh, oh god, the Infernals don't even look that great into the Holy Nova either. 28 health already. Ooh. Good. Not bad, not bad. Honestly, we would have liked some damage on Anduin just so that the Penance could trigger it potentially, but it happened a little late. But this is the Wombo combo turn already, and this is what I'm saying. Like, the, the double blues are just not threatened. The the double blues are just completely untouched. Wizard Beast probably needed to predict that and bring out a green to start. You are... But, I mean, Zombies had countered that with the Mutinous, so that's why I think we're really seeing the Mutinous out of Zombies. It was more to counter... The opportunity uh, from Wizard Beast to hit the expected Anduin opener, but this Wombo combo from Zombies here is just going to light this board up. Oh, jeez. That was good damage. But we still get the triggers. We take it down. Wow, that's a lot, too. The fell damage is actually pretty legit. Job done. And we're still... Pretty slow from zombies here, but you have the quick kill. Ooh, and we exactly kill Manoroth at four speed here with the Anduin because we have the three holy damage on Velen now. That's going to be annoying. Is there any way to get around that, really? Gul'dan doesn't do it. Rathorian doesn't do it. Okay, looking spooky. 
the anti-heal on Manoroth is really good too, but ended up just anti-healing the, the mutinous. I guess it's fine, but you're definitely just getting... I mean, the the Rathorian needs to hit... <laughs> can you kill the mutinous with before the Rathorian so we can actually get the 32? God, that's a lot too from this Blitching Legion. That's going to do a lot. We just have to get lucky off of the... The Rathorian on RNG here. So we get the kill. Blocks the healing, which is good. Blitzing Legion hits correctly. Siphon life. Okay. We're, we're in Andaman down. But at what cost? At what cost? Schwen's not looking great into a board of, again, all the blues are gone. Triple green from Wizard Beast it was, right? And we didn't open with any of them. And now... Got to imagine Zombies is looking at the Protector to come out here, but no, the Tavish value. Gul'dan just a little too spooky. We've got some Tiger Lightning angles on Mutinous in a little bit, but... Pounce, a little bit of disenergy here with the Thorian, but you can attack with the Thorian first. So that's not too, too bad. But this Tavish, again, same thing. Now there's just another Merc that Wizard Beast doesn't have good crits on. Stands to get passive value over two turns, and essentially just two for one you. This Tavish is just going to do the equivalent of a two or a three for one, which is basically what Anduin did, if not better. Velen is still here. Don't love this equipment on Velen with the Death Rattle, but it's going okay. And, and Mutinous did his job, right? Mutinous just hung out, got some retaliation damage, blocked a Rathorian damage. Which literally has gone taunt, 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 back to back to back. Ooh, the Velen's Blessings to stack it up. Oh no, it lives at one! What a disaster! But <laughs> I guess it left on the Death Rattle, uh, or the Death Blow from Rathorian Summon there, so that's kind of funny. But yeah, wow, Mutinous went crazy. Mutinous blocked way too much damage in this matchup so far. And Schwen is large, but Garrosh also doesn't have many good ways of actually dealing direct damage to the Schwen. You kind of have to high roll it. And you really don't want to Makara punch back and forth into the Zhuen either, just because you're going to take so much retaliation damage. Gul'dan looking uh, <laughs> one-shottable potentially here. Though we don't have a holy trigger. Velen sat on the Velen's Blessing from last turn, right? So just passed. We're going to combo this next one, but I guess the Splitting Light will trigger combo on the second hit, but not the first one. 131 right off the bat. Holy moly. And now it triples. Not bad. That's a lot of Jelen by himself there did 80 damage in that one in that one turn. That's not bad. This is looking like a gapper from zombies here. The millhouse. Same thing. Sure, now we finally have access to a crit from Wizard Beast, but uh Millhouse not great at solo target DPS here. Looking for that AoE is the best part. Got the YOLO Greater Arcane Missiles. What's the equipment? Uh, no equipment on Millhouse? Or does it? Oh, it said lowest health. Okay, so it's the mana powder or whatever. Two explosive traps. At this point now with no healing, yeah, this is just going to be GG. Whenever Tavish takes damage, the game will just end. So GG's uh, to zombies. Even Didn't even need the Rathorian here, but that's pretty good. Still gets the death rattle. And that'll be all that she wrote. Red sniping Velen would have been nasty. Yeah. Oh, if it just it sniped the the random hit there. Yeah, that's right. The Schwen just bumped into the uh, the Garrosh or something. I think that turn, right? <laughs> the Merc guy just for for value here, but we'll take a divine shield. 
the random three speed hit got there and that's it <laughs> zombie's showing the great pve build <laughs> mutinous andu and velen yeah just the holy the how to farm how to farm what is it that fellwood boss or whatever it is right the shadow fellwood boss ggs ggs 1-0 in favor of zombies and it looked uh, not close crits not great on wizard b's side and anduin our boy anduin went crazy absolutely crazy there once your mill house <laughs> worse than wild howdy tess yeah mill house could have were there actually any arcane synergies that we could have drafted here no i think mill house is the sole arcane merc Wizard Beast maybe going for some some old tournament vibes. For the glory, but I mean honestly, that that millhouse was the OG theory craft document millhouse of looking at just like when we were originally counting up damage and just seeing like what is the most damage that we can do here. Early millhouse with the greater arcane missiles was actually like a contender for if you come off the bench and speed doesn't matter. Uh does a lot, especially with the execute, right? And because at that point, if you were just using him for the greater arcane missiles, then you didn't need the other equipment. If you were going to be sticking Milhouse on the bench, you're never casting your arcane bolt. You're never casting that uh, the AOE. So we actually kind of got to see it work there. And when you know that the crits got to line up, and it still did 80, I think 80 damage there. It got one crit and then two uh, two hits for 20. So I mean that's not bad. That's some of these OG mercs really showing their stuff. But again, imagine if that equipment was maybe just a little bit better or maybe the the arcane bolt equipment got changed to some kind of techie one instead that uh you could totally see millhouse just seeing play easy enough off the bench or otherwise all right are they back into game two? Oh no all right they started game two we just spectated a little bit late but so now we're here the opener changed slightly zombies went for hiding all of the holy did the switch up and wizard beast actually swapped some things out Led still with the Draxus and the Manoroth, but put in the Rathorian to try to counteract those double blues. Zombies hit him with the switch up and hid all of his blues. So again, Zombie seems to be, uh, on paper, leading in the mind games, but sacrificing the hardcore turn two and turn four wombo combo power spikes, the Anduin and Velen lead. Uh, this might be a little bit of a throw from Zombies here, because now this Mutinous and Garrosh and and Murkai looks really kind of janky. We're basically just these protectors and fighters all smashing against each other here. But Jaraxxus and Demons have... Whoa! <laughs> the Jaraxxus just basically completely OTK'd the team there of the double greens, did like 100 damage on that turn too. But just the, the summons alone, the actually being able to crank out summons without the AoE from Anduin and Velen, the summons are threatening a ton of damage, all these extra demons, and Manoroth... Just got to Howl of Terror. I don't think I've ever actually seen Howl of Terror cast by Manoroth shrinking attack and having it matter as much as it did there. It put Garrosh down. It put Mutinous down. It put... Uh, who was that third one that we had there? Who just died? Murkai. Huge, huge value. Wizard Beast wildly ahead. Ooh, circumventing the, uh, the Garrosh taunt with the... The hulking overfiend there attacking the lowest health enemy doing a little valira impression but yeah look at this now there's just uh the wizard beast has a summon comp here six demons in play 
against. We're all we've already holy Novad. It didn't kill anything, and then we just Manoroth pumped everything up. And even Manoroth here is gonna be able to survive potentially for a whole other turn and pump up these demons health again by another what, twelve or something? This is quickly running away from zombies here. Wizard Beast, full original lineup, still surviving. <laughs> but I guess our Garrosh is up to 178 health now because there were so many. Oh my god, these Fist of Jaraxxus are going crazy. But Garrosh, the sole survivor, but everybody else is dying. This is the classic problem you saw with Garrosh and uh, Constructed, honestly, in regular ladder, where Garrosh and, and Gul'dan, similarly, sure, you'd get him out there, you'd have him in the late game, but then if you killed everybody else, it didn't matter how much health Garrosh had really accumulated over time. If you killed everybody else and whittled them down, you could strand Garrosh and then it would just be kind of an easy game to lock up. That was also especially in a meta when you saw a lot more blues that were surviving to late game. You had Garrosh versus Anduin a lot. Uh, and that was just never winnable. So we're seeing some old school vibes here, which is kind of like the Popper tournament. We saw the, the old stuff still doing work and, and still showing that there's life to be had, but... And Jaraxxus is doing work. Three Infernal Demons here. Bell Command. I don't think I knew what that ability did. Rathorian can just gain stats and shoot something? That's kind of sweet. Huh. I didn't even know this was an equipment. And now the huge Gul'dan comes out here with plus 15 fell damage in play right now. And we are down to zombies just with the soul... Tavish and Garrosh and basically a dead Prophet Villain. Again, same thing, Prophet Villain with this equipment that it heals everybody for 40, but at this point, it doesn't do anything. You can heal them up to, they could go to 300 health each on Tavish and Garrosh here and it wouldn't matter. Zombies would still be able to run away. Holy, let's watch this explosion. Again, <laughs> 211, 30 you, 60 you, 30 you, 60 you, oh my god. Jaraxxus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Draxus doesn't even need the buffs. Game three. Game three. Zombies got a little bit too cute. A little bit too cute there from Zombies. Needs to go back to opening with the Velen and the uh, and the Anduin. I mean, I think I think Zombies basically had it right in game one because he had the counter with the Mutinous to taunt, block the projected fighter coming out of Wizard Beast. Wizard Beast then audibled into that comp in game two, but. Zombies just out-leveled himself, led with a really janky opener, stranded, staggered the holy from the bench, and it just falls apart, so. Game two? I mean, you see this in tournament all the time. This game happens way too often. This, like, back-and-forth mind game of, like, okay, Zombies won. This uses an opportunity to kind of jump to the next level, and does jumping to the next level just cut out your entire strategy? You have to remember what archetype you're playing, and Zombies is playing the... Control deck, counter the demon opener. You know Jaraxxus is leading. You have to hit that with double blues. I wouldn't even mind to see a uh, the millhouse open. Let's get a millhouse here, potentially, if you want to continue to swap it up again. Could just be a great way to just stack arcane damage, and then you know that you're going to AoE. Yes! Okay, but... Oh, no, Wizard Beast had the... Uh, dang, okay, I thought that would have been great foresight if zombies had the millhouse, and for some reason even led, like, triple blue, and went for, like... We're going to counter the summon open that leads into a turn two, turn three summon buildup with uh, the big AoE. But Zombies goes back to his original opener, and Wizard Beast actually swaps it up by a lot. Wizard Beast opens Gul'dan, Millhouse, and Schwen. Just the full different triple. But basically opting into, again, neither side having good crits on anybody. Schwen being blocked by Mutinous, but 
we're just going to be able to do maybe too much AoE from the zombies here. Wizard Beast really has no healing or a kind of sustain to speak of, but we've got stacking arcane damage on Millhouse. No other arcane units really make use of it, but Millhouse is not going anywhere for a while. Good damage. The heal from Gul'dan not really doing anything. And yeah, even the Millhouse stacking damage here. I was really wanting that Millhouse. Ooh. Okay, we hit the Tiger Lightning for value, right? But I think the Pounce would have just been better. I suppose, I mean, just Mutinous is back at full. Yeah, the sustain is looking a little spooky here. And the fact, honestly, that Schwen's Tiger Lightning hit the hit the Velen with the Death Rattle heal everybody is actually probably worst case scenario for Wizard Beast. But this is their turn to get some uh, some combos here. We've got Greater Arcane Missiles coming out. To what avail? Again, no real crits. We've got some stack damage here, but... Gul'dan, same thing. What's it really doing? Mutinous? I'm trying to get Mutinous attacking here, I think. Maybe you just have to call the Pounce too hard. Actually, you know you're Pouncing because Tiger Lightning was just down. Yeah, okay. Good crit. Take down the Shuen, finally. Yeah, like, what? this, this Arcane Missile is actually literally just... All that it did was 18 damage. It actually did worse than 18 damage there. Maybe that was a turn where you wanted to slow roll for one more turn. Or maybe you go for the AoE or something like that on Millhouse. But that was Millhouse's huge cooldown. And it went lowest health target, lowest health target. Basically wasted damage, wasted damage, AoE, heal your whole team. So Millhouse looking a little bit janky. A little janky here. Still sticking with everybody's reds hiding on the bench. <laughs> we see Gul'dan and Millhouse at the permanent zero and one attack, but obviously it doesn't matter. No retaliation damage here, and ooh, this is a juicy Murkai. I love this Murkai here. We still have our Mutinous alive, and though it has been shrunk in terms of the attack, Pounce reducing that slightly, uh, I still think we're actually going to be able to kill the Gul'dan here. Ooh, pump it up. I like it. Instantly dies. <laughs> Zombies maybe not counting the... Maybe not counting up the arcane damage there for the Millhouse AoE. But, I mean, stats are okay. But I'm pretty sure we wanted to have just killed the, uh, killed the Gul'dan there. Maybe you're okay with just keeping the Gul'dan alive, right? And saying, like, no, you're actually not really doing that much damage. The healing is negligible. If you want to do 20 every turn, who cares? I mean, I honestly, that's some of my favorite stuff in, again, we saw this a lot many months ago with Mercenaries, but a lot of these metas would have revolved around, like, narrowing down, like, we're going to leave this Merc alive on purpose, right? That's not really a strategy you see anymore. Too many of the Mercenaries are just too powerful. Come on. Ooh, no demon to trigger the Rathorian extra damage. That's tough. And we get the Devouring hit off of Mutinous. And the exact lethal from Murkai onto the Gul'dan. I mean, these double reds are looking good, right? We we now have assembled our our backline combo from Wizard Beast of having triple demons are back. We've got a low health Anduin now. So I mean, all things considered, this is looking okay. This is going to be a turn where we get to go again, probably summon a summon a demon from Draxis, pump up their health with Manoroth, and get some good setup for a big crit next turn. With oh, we didn't pop the divine shield or hit. Okay, you really wanted that AOE or the random damage from Blitzing Legion. 
to either hit our Anduin or pop the Divine Shield, neither of which happened, which was kind of tough, but I suppose the Finvasion just would have reapplied the Divine Shield. Anywho. All right, now Anduin's back to 50. That's kind of a disaster. It's a little spooky because we, again, have this taunt blocking, but a lot of things are going to live here. Ooh, Shrink the Attack is nice for a second Finvasion if you expect it. Come on, AoE. No, still nothing. Ooh, Finvasion's still juicy enough take out the Draxus. And now it's Draxus down. There's no good, uh, we never got a Fist of the Legion off, huh? That was really what Wizard Beast was trying to queue up for, was to get this, like, five, I mean, that would probably would have ended the game. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> Zombies is up two whole mercs on the bench, right? So, pretend Zombies doesn't have a bench. If we got that Fist of Draxus off, that was Wizard Beast's out to kind of just suddenly, quickly kill the merc guy. Ugh, god, living at six, heals back up to 30. Nope, zombies looking like going back onto the original opener was too too difficult for Wizard Beast to overcome with the demons here. But I mean, honestly, Draxus looked good. The damage that came out of the, the good opener from Wizard Beast with the Draxus, like those Fisted Legions were powerful. It was good enough. But not good enough to win the set. Zombies takes it. Who won? after mind gaming himself a little bit too hard in game two. Uh, but some popper energy vibes there, I like that. GG's, GG's, I'm glad we swapped it up basically every single time actually. All right, we, uh, we're back, GG's. That was Perfect really timing. fun. Those were sweet. Those were some, actually some pretty interesting games. There's a lot to talk about, honestly. Yeah. Oh. Those Fists of Draxus on that second game. <laughs> Bro, those are nuts. <laughs> I know. I, I actually, I misclicked on the last turn. I didn't mean to summon another guy. I meant to do the fist, but it was going to be a loss anyways. Yeah. That's what I was saying. It was like, even if there were, maybe if there were no mercs on the bench and that fist gets off, then it's actually like a very close game or like, depending on where the hits go, then who knows what. Yeah. Garage and have. Yeah. Yeah, that that was really great, really fun. GGs. That was the, it, it's cool seeing the these mercs that you typically don't see at all see play and the the combo stuff with them. Like Mutanus was awesome. He was like God, he I was a wall. Yeah, no, he was great. That's what I was saying. Do like, anything, and then I and then I forgot the Belen had the death rattle. So I was like, oh, I could snipe it with yeah. Millhouse uh, nine, and then I'm like, oh. Dang, it just healed everything to full and he did like no damage that turn. Yeah, and I wasn't even sure missiles. on that equipment too. I was like, is that like good? Is it not good? Should I just go for more damage? But that, that heal in game three was really, really helpful. Yeah. I mean, just went back to full life. Like, yeah, <laughs> once we just went to full, I was just like, okay, well, the, the wall has been rebuilt. Like, it, he is yeah. safe. And it was cool comboing him with. Uh, I, I, Murka is actually like probably my favorite Murloc next to Cookie. He, he's very fun. I've always liked him in draft, so getting to combo him with Mutanus was pretty cool. That was he, he's just a good merc. He's just a good merc. Yep, and here's your oh, prize. Hey, and the, and the sub hey. to best draft. It goes to Tess. Yeah, That's great. Congrats, great. Tess. You have you now have access to some of the best SpongeBob themed emotes on Twitch.tv. <laughs> and some other ones too, like the Pogfish. Get a Pogfish in chat here. But yeah, Pog that fish. is that's favorite. That's uh, our show for today. Uh, this was really, really fun. Uh, maybe we'll do something else like this in the future. I, I thought this was a uh, kind of cool thing to try something different, and it felt fitting for a live episode, right? So hopefully everyone enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, so that's going to 
pretty much wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, remember to do all the social media stuff, like comment, subscribe, all that jazz. And uh, we will see you in the next episode of The Fighting Pit. Do remember, no episode next week. We're off next week. I'm going on vacation. But we will be back the following week for a bunch of Mercs new stuff. So stay tuned for that. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. If you're watching this live, I am actually going to continue streaming. I'm just going to take a few-minute break here, but the stream will stay up. And uh, then we will uh, do some Mercs gaming and stuff. But yeah, it's going to do it for episode 26. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Bye. Everyone, stay safe.